It is time to go deeper in God's Word. It's time to engage in truth. Here is Dr. Steve Ford and Pastor John Bornsheen. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornsheen. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs, and I'm thrilled that you're tuning in again today. We are continuing in a series of discussions that are very difficult. I'm just going to lead with that. Uh, because the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Christians and the government. And if you missed either of those broadcasts, you can go to our website at calvaryfountain.com. And there you can download those, share them with your friends and family alike. Today, we're picking up in the same vein of thought. Uh, we uh, teased that we were going to be talking about this today, and it's a very sensitive subject. Once again, we're talking now about American exceptionalism. And the reason why we're going there is because we as Americans tend to have this perceived series of thoughts that come to this equation that of all the nations on the face of the earth, America is by far the greatest. And then we have to qualify that in some way. What does that really mean? While we have a significant GDP, uh, while we have a significant population and many freedoms that we have today that we enjoy Uh, There are a number of concerns that we should have as we look at the landscape today to say, are we still the same nation that we once were? Every empire rises and falls, and I wouldn't say that America is an empire, but we certainly have talked about the Pax Americana, that by way of America's strength, we have brought peace in some form to the world. We have used economics, we've used military might. Uh, We police the world uh, for all intents and purposes, a lot like the Roman Empire before us, that this creates this sense of peace, that we keep uh, those who are opposed to uh, the capitalistic way of thinking or uh, some form of commerce in which we exchange uh, across the world with those who are against that and want to bring socialism or Marxism, some form of communism across the world. We keep that at bay by the strength that America projects. And we certainly could talk a lot about that. But it, at the root of this discussion today is, is America truly exceptional? Do we have some sort of special agreement with God? Is America likened to Israel in some way, that uh, that God had created this special covenant arrangement agreement, even with Abraham, and it carried through to his sons, and God's uh, plan for Israel that still remains? We spent a great deal of time talking about that, that America, was it like that in some way? Was it being established some sort of a, a unique extension among the rest of the nations of the world of the 199? Is America somehow elite? amongst the group. And so we want to talk about this to great extent over this week and certainly into next week and maybe beyond, because after all, we're in this series of very difficult discussions. And we've been uh, telling you in advance that we're not going to shy away from the tough conversations. We're going to be talking about subjects like war, homosexuality, even giving into the uh, to, to take and entertain the idea of questions coming into the studio talking about the subject of evil. Why is there evil in the world? So we're going to have a number of conversations forthcoming that uh, will really stretch us, challenge us, and really drive us into God's holy word. And that's what we want to be. That's what we want to talk about. What does God say about these matters? That's why it's called Engage in Truth. So to help me in this discussion, Dr. Steve Ford is here in the studio with me. Dr. Ford, always good to have you, my friend. Thank you, John. This is a a really great discussion and 
it brings me back as we discuss the issues that most divide Christians back to John 17. Didn't Jesus pray mm-hmm. that we would be united with each other, but also with he and the father. So I think if, if Jesus spent the time to, to put that in his word and to pray and, and come before his father, that he pray for unity, both for both of us. I know that is, that is our heart today. That's where our heart is. Our heart is in Christian unity, but sometimes we have to discuss some of these things, as you said, based on scripture, Bible-based conclusions, uh, and that, that sometimes may bring some offense. That is not our intent. Everything that we say here is to be focused on Christian unity and in love, but we are going to script, you know, we're going to speak the truth based on what we find in scripture. That's right. Amen. And so I think as we examine this particular subject, we, to your point, Dr. Ford, we don't want to offend any of the veterans who are out there. Uh, we, we have veterans, veterans in our family. We have first responders in our families and people yep. who, who sacrifice greatly that Amen. we would have the freedoms that we have today. It, and so this is not to create an offense of, uh, you know, that you've sacrificed so much for what? Is it in vain? That's certainly not the perspective that we want to take from this, but rather to just ex- take the 30,000-foot level, step back from it all for a moment, examine it from a Judeo-Christian perspective, and and really take a pulse of where we are today. Yeah, I think you make a great point that based on Scripture, we need to make sure that we're not taking a black-and-white view in regards to our country. And is it reasonable to look at our country sort of like a person? A person is, is, isn't really all good or all evil doesn't do all good things or all evil things, but we need to give credit to America where she's done wonderful things, but we also need to uh, bring our country to account when the country has transgressed God's law and what God's plan is for us. That's right. And we see the ebbs and flows throughout Israel's history, right? Oh, God's amen. chosen That's people. Right. And yet when they, we see that in Deuteronomy, when the <laughs> Lord instructed Moses right. to teach the people a song, knowing that they were going to forget him. Right. He said that I'm going to bring them into prosperity and then they will forget me. Right. They're going to forget my ways. They're going to forget my laws. So teach them this song. What a burden you would think if the Lord thought like man at all, which we know he doesn't. But if you, if we were to put ourselves in that perspective, knowing I'm going to bless my children abundantly, and they're going to totally abandon me. Gonna stab me and, in the back. and then their children's children will finally remember me, and then we're going to go through this cycle again and again right. and again. And so as we look at America today, we, we step back for a moment, and we look at just history. What does is, what is history have to show us? And what we find is that there's a sequence of events throughout history. There are patterns. I mean, Ecclesiastes tells us that, that there are patterns that we can look at all of this. And when we examine just the pattern for a moment, 56 civilizations, the median duration of those civilizations is 330 years. Of the 284 empires that have been tracked throughout human history, the median duration is 307 years. Now, if we take from our Declaration of Independence, we're a nation of 247 years. But I would believe that if we were all to just take a very Christian perspective to this, that we're first and foremost a Christian in America, and we look at where we're at today, I, I don't think there's a single Christian that could, uh, could look at it truly with the microscope that it deserves, put the magnifying glass to our circumstances today, and in any way come to the conclusion that we're the same nation that we started as. Right. Uh, and we talked about it before the program, Dr. Ford, when we look at our founding documents, when we look at the pulse at that time, the Judeo-Christian pulse that r- was rooted in this nation, there was a holy fear of a God who existed, whether they would, uh, some argue right. whether it was a deist perspective or right. a, a Christian perspective, I would argue that even 21 of our founding fathers were de- devout in their faith, devoted right. 
to God, understood that there was a God who was directly involved in the affairs of men. Benjamin Franklin has some great quotes to that. In fact, there was a time when George Washington, I remember this vividly, he didn't allow men in his army to swear lest they offended God. He knew that we needed God to win the war. And could you imagine that in the army today? That if if they somehow put a restriction that you would be punished if you were swearing because you lest you offend the heart of God? Look how far we've come. Now we depend on technology. We don't depend on God at all. Right. We've just almost cast God completely out of our military affairs, out of our public square, out of our education system. So I don't think there's a single Christian that can examine the state of affairs in America today and say that we are anywhere close to the country that we used to be. So if there's an apex that we reached, I certainly believe that after World War II, we started to question everything, expel God from every public avenue, any public forum, and then wondering why we're in the mess we're in today. That that's That's foolishness. We know how we got here. We expelled God from the public discussion. We expelled God from our living rooms, from our classrooms, from our Congress, from our judicial system, and then wondering why we're in the mess we're in. Yeah, it's been said many times by many people that God is a gentleman, and if you ask him to leave often enough, he's going to leave. Mm -hmm. And and with that, will also God's, will be God's protective hand and provision, as well as his blessing. That's right. So let me let me offend everybody right now. I'm just going to open a, <laughs> this whole dialogue about this American exceptionalism is the United States superior to other nations. That's really what we're exploring here from a Judeo-Christian, a biblical worldview perspective. Uh, I love what America was founded on. Let me just make sure that I, I put that out very yeah, clearly. Me I mean, is it perfect? No. But amongst the nations of the earth, there was a clear, resolute determination in this that we were going to establish a country that honored God. Even the Mayflower Compact uh, declared that. That compact declared that this was for the advancement of the Christian faith. They didn't want to even step foot into the this new land without first declaring it for God, uh, above king even, and that we were sub deo et lege. We are under God and under law. So are we exceptional or have we become exceptionally rebellious before God, Right, uh, like uh, the children of Israel had done? So what value does America have to the world after the rapture? Let me at least just propose that question. And I think the answer is quite simply nothing. I mean, only Christianity is saving this godless society and its support for Israel. So are we American Christians or are we Christians in America? Because there was a time when the perception existed that defending America was also defending Christ or Judeo-Christian values. But what are we today? Am I defending the land of the free, the home of the brave, or a country that seems to be attacking everything about God and shaking a fist toward him and doing it proudly? I mean, we hear all about all this Pride Month, and it's becoming really a pride year. It's becoming everything about what what dishonors God. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, in the 1960s, sometimes it's attributed to Billy Graham, but it was actually his wife, Ruth, who said that if God doesn't come down in condemnation on America, that he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Right. And that was the 1960s. How far have we come since then? I know. I mean, without Christianity, what is America? We export more filth than any other nation on earth, it seems. I mean, you just look at the numbers of sex sex trafficking, pornography, immoral movies and television, globalism, the, the promotion of a new world order. What is America without Christianity? 
And we know that in Psalm chapter 33, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And quite frankly, that applies to any nation that operates God's way. I mean, even in the home of Obed-Edom, and we've talked right. a little bit about that, God was there. And where God was, there was a blessing. And so the Ark of the Covenant had been moved into his home, and he experienced tremendous blessing by the presence of God. When God is honored, when God is in a home, when God is in a nation, that nation will experience prosperity. It's true of Israel. It's been true of America. So what's made an America that we used to know exceptional was because we honored the things that God said to do. We, we did it in our living rooms. We did it in our churches, in our schools, in our public forums. So this is true of any nation that follows God. And, and I think that when we then need to step back from this, for ex, just really dive into what is exceptionalism. And uh, Dr. Ford, we were talking a little bit about this. I think there was a man who wrote a letter to a, a radio station. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. He wrote a letter to a radio station, and he was critiquing the DJ of a call-in radio show for his use of the term American exceptionalism, asserting that the DJ was arrogant and assuming that America deserves better than other countries in the world. The letter contained pages and pages of copious references, including numerous scripture verses to support that God is not a respecter of persons, and that all people are sinners and no one is righteous in and of themselves, and that Israel, not the USA, are God's chosen people. While this thorough and well-researched tongue-lashing may have been tempered slightly if the man had understood that the host of the radio show was referring to American exceptionalism as a potential reason for God's judgment, not necessarily God's blessing. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if, if we really if we look at that, I mean, uh, we have certainly shown ourselves to be exceptional in terms of our disregard for the righteousness and obedience to God or Americans murdering babies at convenience or electing leaders who may be bought off, whoever has the deepest pockets, it seems, or a culture that deconstructs the family or influential celebrities that seem to just promote every alternative lifestyle, but whatever the cause of the day is. I mean, we see this running amok all around us, and I think that anybody of what we might deem as the greatest generation would be shaking their heads. I sacrificed for this country and look what it's doing in return. Look how it's thanking the greatest generation by turning away from the God of our fathers. Yeah. I think we should be grieved by that. I think we should be grieved at sin. We should be looking at the landscape of America today and say, what have we become? We really have become no better than Israel before us who showed us what not to do. This is what you do if you want God's blessing. This is what you do if you want to provoke God to wrath. <laughs> right. yeah. And it seems like that's where we're we're wallowing in that. Like yeah. we just want to see how far can we go before God has to turn judgment on us. Yeah. Yeah. Choose life. You know, that's, right. but I, I think you, uh, I think you make a great point um, in all aspects of that. And it, it reminds me on an individual basis and even, uh, as a national basis, Oswald Chambers had said that there was no, there were no promised blessings from God without personal holiness. And if you think about all the things that you describe that are an integral part of our culture, if we're not being intentional every single day about not being co-opted by that culture, we are being co-opted by that culture. Right. Like the frog, you know, with the with the water slowly increasing in temperature and not being aware of what's happening, the same thing can happen to us. We can be so easily co-opted by the shows we watch, the music that we listen to, and we've talked about this before. But if we're not being intentional about it, we are going to be absorbed into it. That's right. You know, uh, if we really just step back even a little bit further down the history road here and say, how did we get here? Uh, I think we need to at least explore the history of American exceptionalism. Yeah. 
because people have given greatly for an America they believed in yeah. because it was deeply rooted in substance. It, it believed in something. It was a cause. It was a nation with a cause to be different from everything else that was going on in the world, likened to Israel before us. Not because necessarily that God had created some unique covenantal agreement with America, but because its founders said, we are going to honor the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it will go well with us if we do. Our crops will be blessed. Our families will be blessed. Our military might will be strengthened because if God is for us, who can be against us? And we saw that happen in our history. That's right. And so I think we can look back throughout these past 247 years and we'd say, God has done amazing things through this country, and he has truly done amazing things around the world through a country that has honored him, missionaries going forth. Yeah. Uh, the, the amount of financial support whenever there is a, a terrible tragedy, whenever there's an economical or ecological devastation yeah. somewhere, what country pours forth more support more than America? I mean, these are things to celebrate, as you yeah. mentioned, Dr. Ford, that we can celebrate all the good that God is still doing through America, but we need to take a real assessment and say, we need to grab hold of this up-and-coming generation now, teach them the ways of God, or everything that has been fought for will be lost. That's right. I think Ronald Reagan talked about that, mm-hmm. that you're just one generation away from he losing did. it all. Yeah. We're seeing that happening real time. If we, the church, do not shout from shore to shore, we have what we have because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh is his name, has made us great. He has blessed because we were obedient. He is blessed because we did it his way. We have fallen away from that. And now we're we're basking in immorality and calling it good taking evil and calling it good and and taking good and calling it evil and then celebrating those who do wickedly. And that was the warning of Romans chapter one, that a nation that does that, he'll turn us over to a debased mind. Has he not done that already in America? Is there hope? Is there still time for revival? And I think that's, that's ultimately what we desire is that we don't go the way of clay because men were formed by clay and a nation that is now going the way of clay will dissolve. It will erode because in the fundamentals of every nation that is formed in the image of man, it will de-escalate. It will decelerate. It will de-evolve, if I want to even use that. We're mm-hmm. not seeing the ascension of man. We're seeing the descension of man because that's what happens in a society of entropy. That's what sin is. It erodes at everything. So it's like we're taking a foundation, we chisel away at that foundation, and then wondering why we're falling apart. The foundation was rooted in the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, and that's being taken away because we're loving sin more than God. We should be grieved at the state of our nation. But when we look at history, and we'll have to come back to this, Dr. Ford, next week, we look at the uh, an early colonist, for example, John Withrop. John Winthrop, who was one of the founding fathers of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, he served as the governor of the colony for 12 of the first 20 years. And he stated in 1630, For we must consider that we shall be as a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us, so that if we shall deal falsely with our God in this work we have undertaken, and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, We shall be made a story and a byword through the world. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that that clearly harkens 
to the teachings of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. But look at that. Even in the, the building of this country, we knew that if we turned our eyes off the one who provided, that we would turn to sin and we would start to see our whole society erode. Is that not what's happening? I mean, yeah. we drive down the roads of Colorado Springs that are wrought with potholes. That, to me, looks like the strand of the timeline of where we're at in America right now. And it can be restored. Yeah, That's the good news in this. In fact, in Isaiah, he calls us repairers of the breach. So what are we doing as the church? Because, quite frankly, I, I, I know that time's running out, Dr. Ford, but I want people to think about this, that we are not to fret when everything around us seems to be falling apart. That's hard to do. Uh, because we think we often identify ourselves first and foremost as Americans, we need to remember we're, we're representatives of another kingdom. We're citizens of another kingdom. And so in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, he then tells us that our victory is fully assured because we have a great place of honor in a kingdom that never ends. America, like all the other nations, will end because it's never been about America. It's always been about Jesus Christ. His is the kingdom that will never end. His is the kingdom that will have dominion and glory forever. And so eventually, this story does have to come to an end. America will end as all nations end, and there's only one kingdom to come, and that's through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our promised inheritance. And may it not end by the failure of the church and the failure of believers to live up to what our Lord has called us to do and the lives that he's called us to live Amen. and the word that he's called us to preach. Amen. And I, I want to make sure I at least cite the verses in this, because we these are powerful verses about Jesus Christ's kingdom, which is where I get all of my hope and joy, knowing that he is coming soon. It seems like everything is is getting really accelerated in this season. And I don't think there's a believer that I have met yet that doesn't feel like Jesus Christ is coming soon, uh, because that's that's where we are, it seems, on the, the scope of the time of, of events and being like the sons of Issachar where we understand the signs of the times and what we are to do. But Daniel chapter 7, verse 14 says, Then to him, and this is Jesus Christ, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. So I, I know, Dr. Ford, we're going to have to get into this uh, over the next week or so. Probably going to take us two or three weeks to get through this because we've got a lot of history to cover to understand how did we get here and what are we going to do about it? Yeah. What is the church going to do? Do we just sit back and watch it all erode? Or do we actually get out and be the people God has called us to be in our own living rooms, honoring our covenant agreements, our vows to him? being a people of, of conviction who are bold with the truth. I get grieved. It seems like, you know, we're all about these country club Christian mindsets. Yeah. Uh, it's time for us to get our hands dirty. It's time to get involved in the culture at large, being a voice of truth in a culture of chaos. And don't you feel that like Esther, every one of us, God has put here for such a time as this. It's not coincidence that we're living in this particular time and that we know each other, that we're living where we are. We have the friends we have, the family members, the church, all these things, you know, the Lord has ordained and he's put us here to accomplish works that he set aside for us to do long, long ago. 
Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we're about his business. That's right. We must decrease that he must increase, Amen. right? Amen. I mean, John I the Baptist that. really said that's that right. rightly. Said it best. <laughs> I think that should be the attitude of America. That's right. Is Christians in America, it's never been about us. It's never been about this nation. It's always been the advancement Jesus. of the Christian faith. It's always been, I, you think what America has brought to the table is a defense of Israel and sending out missionaries in all the world and the growth of Christianity around the world, and to to support that, to encourage that. God's going to use nations. He raises them up. He takes them down. But at the end of the day, as long as we defend Israel, and as long as we continue to grow Christians, Christians who are change agents around the world, God can still use America. Now, I, I believe he's not done with us yet. Revival can still come. It happens right. in our own walk with him, in our own living rooms, and mm-hmm. across the nation. To God be the glory, let's let's pray that God would move like that across this country and turn us back to the author and perfecter of our faith who has given us so much that we have taken for granted. So, Dr. Ford, we're just getting started in this great conversation. We want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. Hopefully next week I'll have my voice back a little bit better. So I want to thank you for enduring with me. Again, this is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. We'd love to see you there. Learn more at calvaryfountain.com. God bless you, my friends. Take care.